Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. The best of the podcast of ever. Hey! We're, we're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. We ran as if to meet the moon that slowly dawned behind the trees. The barren boughs without the leaves, without the birds, without the breeze. Welcome to Celestial Bodies, the Moon, the 109th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 19th century poet Robert Frost from his poem Going for Water. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelociRose.com. You may call me Ode. You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father. Mary Meet. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. And I love Robert Frost. Yes. Of course, I just love poetry. He's got a good rhythm. Let's do our housekeeping. Housekeeping! It's that time of the <sighs> month. <Yep. laughs> time for Carr to read Ooh. all the patrons. Perfect to be on a lunar day. <laughs> And let me just say, as a person who doesn't experience that time of the month, I do feel like this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as everyone sit back, get a drink. All right, we have 32 kittens. Welcome to all of our kittens. We love you, kittens. Our cats are Anonymous, Beehive Coven, Bryn Johnson, Cabra, Cheryl, Christine Phillips, Christy Claxton, Cindy Barrick, Dale Harvey, Elisa Durka, M. Talasavari, Felicia Hudson, Friday Cecilia Zollner, Gary Bearstorm, Jasmine Ray Bell, JT, Coney Briggs, Kai, Malx, Megan, Megan Succolo, Michael Andanzio, Rebecca Hillman, Rhonda Graham, Socorro, Squiggy, Tiffany, Vivian Armstrong, and Zacchaeus. Thank you. We love you, cats. All right. Our hunters are... Oh, boy. Here we go. Air, Alyssa Addy, Anonymous, Amy Martin, Benjamin Walburn, Blondie, Briar Aldridge, Brittany, Charles Howison, Delilah Darge, Darby Lockridge, David Doshvin Keys, Elfwort, L, Emily Hall, Emily Miller, Emily Sukadowski, Finn Odinson, Haley Finley, Hojin Co, Indigo, Yanni, Jax, Jace, Helmer, Jen, Jeremiah Keel, Jessica Glassbrook, Jessica Jones, Joe Frost, Juniper Shadowcat, Kate Goodmote, Kaylin Casey, Ken Hub, Kimberly Lockaby, Laura Loki, La Petite Poison, Laura Lani, Lee Knapp, Mackenzie Boyer, Megan Kipper, Magara, Melissa Gerben, Melkor, Meredith Kenton, Misha Magdalene, Nadia Ratchford, Nick Shepard, Alice Perch, Pablo B. Fordor, Ray Lothrop, Rochella Andashvid, Rana, Sarah LePage, Sarah Mims, Sarenth Odinson, Scooby, Sekalusu, Shannon Bednar, Sila Bond, Silken Firm, Sky Poifair, Sloth, Stephanie W., Stevie Thompson, The Pirate Cove, The Sugar Maple Seder, Usha Ursha, Victoria Selmus, Zemeni Kokora, and Zachary Cornwall. Wow. Well, thank you to all of our many, many billions of hunters. Many, many hunters. You know how much we love you. Our leopards are Akaneko, Chris Colibri, Ellen Veals, Foxchild, Gemma Atkinson, Robin Archer, and Scubus. We love our leopards. Mm-hmm. Our tigers are our Darren Summit, Kristen Gill. Crystal of Apothecary Tees, Elaine Glansberg, Alora Driver, Jim Two Snakes, Nick's Falling Leaf, and Tree Wizard Creations. Thank you. We love you, tigers. 
Our Panthers are Allie Robinson, Dakota Wilmaquette, Elizabeth Bull, and QQ Ann. And you know we love our Panthers. We love our Panthers. And our Jaguars are Amanda Hicks, Justin Stanage, Kelly Burt, and Kirsten Ray. We love our Jaguars. That's all she wrote. It could have been a whole lot better. A whole lot worse. (laughs) (laughs) It also could have been a whole lot better, but... It's the rushing. I think it's because it's like, you know, you didn't want to take too long, so you what you did the the, the Mighty Mouse version okay. of it. Right. And then there's the a change coming yep. to patron levels. Yes. That's right. So this is so brand upgrade. new because there's something new new right. that has come out through Patreon. Yep. Besides the fact that you can now pay for a year at one at one fail swoop. And get a fail swoop? Yeah, that's when you fall down as you do it. <laughs> you can pay for a year all at one time. Yep. <laughs> and you get a 10% discount on it by doing it that way. Which yes. is a brilliant way yep. to offer that as a service. Yep. And then the $20 level that used to include a painting from Ode. Hypothetically. <laughs> because Ode is way too busy doing other things to have time to paint. We have a new one that's coming to that. Yes. We're changing the perk for that tier. Yep. yep. For, so for that tier and above. Which is leopards, by the way. Yeah, yep. leopards So leopards and, and above. above, starting next week, we'll get the same service that you all currently get in the Discord listening to us live, mm-hmm. but they will have video. Yes. Yep. So really? they will be able to watch us as we do this live as well. Right. You get to see us talk with our hands. You'll see our <laughs> bedroom You get to see when Gwen like waves her hands too close to me and I lean away. <laughs> <laughs> or and just all of our regular antics mm-hmm. that you just don't see. You right. know all those times when we try to describe to you what we're physically doing, you'll be able to see us doing those things. That's yep. right. But and we're not going to be, those are not going to be recorded as video nope, on demand. Nope. So those will, you'll only see those if you show up live. That's yep, right. exactly. It just shows up live. Anyway, so the other thing that we're going to do. Right, the other change we're The, yeah, the other change, change that we're making for is for. The next level up, the $30. Panthers. The so Panthers, Panthers yep. level, which you were supposed to be getting Sorry, snippets from uh, the Building Your Book book. Well, that's been kind of put on the back burner right mm-hmm. now because Gwen, Gwen is, is writing it. another book mm-hmm. on Green Earth Witchcraft. Yeah, she's, mm-hmm. she's designing a whole tradition at right. this point. Because of that, what we are going to do for that level is that everybody who's $30 and up will start to get all of our notes yes. mm-hmm. uh, for these episodes uploaded. Production so, notes. So yes. all of our production notes. So you will actually get everything we have written down, even the shit we don't say. Yeah. So you'll get to see the notes that to prepare for these episodes. So you'll yep. get little, it's just a little sort of fun behind the scenes kind of thing. And it's going to be a weekly. Right. Uh, yeah. That, yep. that, 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 that every week yep. because we do an episode every week. Yeah. Right. And so that includes like Cars Feast Table and Gwen's yep. Garden Gems and Oat Stone Corner. When those segments and, air. Yep. When yep. those segments air and also reviews. Yep. So all of that stuff will get uploaded. So that's the $30 and up. That's the Panthers level. So now that we have that decided amongst us. Right. <laughs> that is awesome. You're going to have to love it, yeah, suckers. Just going to have to live with it. <laughs> just going to have to live with it. So um, the other thing is that on every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, we do a Zoom call that I host mm-hmm. along with a plethora of other people. In the Pride. In the Pride, so, and some of them not in the Pride. Mm-hmm. Just come hang out. It, you don't have to be a part of the 
pride. So if you're not listening to this, but you still find the Zoom call, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're listening to this, you are a part of the pride. That's right. So feel free to come by. We I think we have 15 people today. Yes. Including a special guest of Hejax. Right. Which is, uh, <laughs> our son. Our son, yep, my who brother. popped in. And then Gwen does some shit too. Mm-hmm. Yep, I talk about what you do. On Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern, I lead a guided meditation live on Facebook, on the Facebook page, but it also goes to the group and to my other Facebook pages, Gwen of Three Pagans and a Cat, as well as Green Earth Witchcraft. And then on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, although I did miss last week, so we'll be doing chapters 10 and 11. <laughs> we are doing a book club, and we are going through the book How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. There you go. And then I would say also that Tuesday night, right? this upcoming Tuesday night, uh, myself, Sarenth Odinson, and Malik Odinson will be doing the second uh, Three Pagans on Tap, mm-hmm. which streams live on YouTube and Facebook. So you can go to the Three Pagans on Tap Facebook page, or the Three Pagans on Tap YouTube page, and it streams there on both of them currently at and the it, same time. The, the first episode was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think the second one's going to be even more fun. Yeah, because it's whiskey. Because, yeah, we're doing whiskey. <laughs> oh, so, I does like his whiskey. Uh, and then just a reminder going out on the podcast that now, as of this episode, as of September, we have closed the Discord channels that were previously locked to to patrons back down to being patron only. So the recording channel and the patron questions channel are now locked to Hunter and and above above patrons. But the rest of the server is still open to everyone. All right, that's it. I think we're we're housecapped. And housewept. There we go. So (laughs) What's the pagan version of that? Or the heathen version of that? (laughs) I think think housecapped covers it. (laughs) So did I, but whatever. Um. (laughs) Witches be contrary. What can I say? (laughs) Wow. That was good. That was good. No, that was good. That was a good one. Support that. All right, so we're talking about... We're talking about the moon. The moon, okay. And I have some science to start with because the moon is really interesting. Science-y. I have science, too. Yes, okay, so... Probably the same science. Probably. I mean... Although well, I mean, science lot, is science. Science is science, but and there's there's a lot of science about the moon, so we may focus on different things. That's true. And Rad is right when Rad says science rules. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And bullshit doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> we all love science here we in the science. three pack pride. And uh, and Rad says Bill and I represent, and I did watch Bill and I obsessively. As Absolutely, well. both you and um, Jackson. We still watch Bill and I. Yeah, yeah, just on Netflix now. Just on yep. Netflix, yep. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay, so, so some moon science. It is the largest planetary satellite relative to the size of the planet. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, so its um, its density is one to is a ratio of one to eighty one. It, it's like a quarter of the total size of the mm-hmm. Earth. And it is our only natural satellite. Yeah, we have some near Earth mm-hmm. objects that have like less stable orbits, mm-hmm. but the moon is our is our primary satellite. Yes. There are a few hypotheses, but there's one sort of primary hypothesis about how the moon came about, which is called the impact hypothesis, yep. the giant impact hypothesis, or the Thea hypothesis. Yes. Because the theory is 
that there used to be a planet similar to Mars in size and construction that smashed into the early Earth Mm -hmm. and created this debris field that eventually became the moon. And so it just coalesced. Coalesced, yeah, and became the moon. And just so you know, Thea is actually, in Greek mythology, the mother of Selene, who is the representation of the moon. Yep. Oh, interesting. So that's the general hypothesis, the the most widely accepted hypothesis about how the moon came to be, was that it was this impact. But recently, they actually discovered that the moon is older than yes. we thought it was. By quite a bit. By a, by about a hundred million years. Yep. So we originally thought that the moon was created, that this impact happened about 150 million years after the solar system sort of coalesced, came into being. But they've done comparisons on moon rocks. So mm-hmm. what, they, what they've done is the moon rocks have different min- concentrations of minerals in them mm-hmm. based on how how and when they developed. So the, the, the different half-lives of these minerals, uh, hafnium and tungsten. And unlike our planet, which is very geologically active, the geological structures of the moon haven't changed tremendously since they formed. Very static. Exactly. Very, very static um, geological formation. So they've Mm -hmm. been able to take, they've been able to continue studying moon rocks that were taken, you know, from our, exactly, from our very earliest moon voyages. Mm -hmm. And we now have technology that allows us to use, you know, mass spectrometers and radiology and all kinds of things. So they gave them to Abby. Yes. (laughs) And well, the nice thing is that the science has gotten more sophisticated, gotten more advanced. And we still have these collections of rocks that we're able to continue studying. So they've done studies on this, and because of the rate of of the half life of the of the decay of these minerals and the different concentrations of them in the moon rocks, they've determined that the moon is about a hundred million years older than we thought. Mm -hmm. This impact must have happened no more than 50 million years after the creation of the solar system. Yep. Which me, which also helps us date the planet Earth. Yep. Because obviously the moon couldn't have formed through this impact unless Earth as a planet had already, already formed. formed. Gotcha. So it's told us some really interesting things about sort of the... Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. The Earth isn't only 6,000 years old? <laughs> no. No, 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 no it's not. Interesting. No. All right, cool. And it's not just because God created it old. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That was some interesting science that happened relatively recently. It was. It's actually been within the last couple of years that yeah, they that made they, this determination. This dating. Yeah. So that's how we think the moon came into being, mm-hmm. and it it has this really interesting orbit with the Earth. So the moon has a synchronous rotation relative to the Earth, which yep. means we. So you know how there's a, a light side and a quote dark side of the moon. Yep. Scientists prefer to call those the near and far sides because technically both sides do get light from the sun. It's just mm-hmm. that we don't see the right, far side. Yep. That one side always faces us even as it rotates around the planet. Exactly. Because of the synchronous rotation the and, and the way that the orbit is arranged, we always see the same side of the moon. But we actually see a little bit more than 50% of the, room, of the moon due to uh, an astronomical phenomenon called libration. Mm-hmm. There's a slight, like, wobble in the moon, we as it rotates and as it, uh, our position relative to it on Earth changes. And so we actually see about 59% of the moon's surface, and that's how it seems like larger and smaller in the sky, yep. and and how the phases and, and all those things work together. And so 
technically the far side of the moon, quote, far side of the moon, is smaller than the near side of the moon. We yeah. actually see and that's more than half of the because moon. of the way it rotates. Yeah, because of the of the sort of funky angles and the gravity of Earth. Actually, the moon is not a sphere, and neither is neither is the Earth. No. Neither the moon nor the Earth are perfect spheres. They're actually elliptical oblongs mm-hmm. because their gravity very slightly because they're very close Collapsing together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because they're very close together and very close in size. They they slightly pull each other out of perfectly spheroid shapes. Mm-hmm. So they're pulled towards each other. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was interesting, the little tidbit that I found was that it takes as long to rotate, the moon takes as long to rotate on its own axis mm-hmm. as it does to rotate around the planet. Yeah. So I thought that was cool too, and I think so. A lunar day is like thirty days. So twenty-eight days. So yeah. yeah so basically, there's actually a phenomenon called tidal acceleration, mm-hmm. which, if it went on long enough, would create a month-long day where we would always see the moon at the same point in the sky because the so the tides and the moon actually do have an interaction. Right. The moon sort of pulls the tides and creates the tidal bulge, but because of the way the orbits are arranged, the tidal bulge is actually slightly ahead of the moon. Right. And is accelerating the moon very, very slightly over time. Interesting. Because the Earth is sort of mm-hmm. pulling the moon faster and right. faster around mm-hmm. it. If that could go on long enough, eventually they would synchronize perfectly and we would have a month-long day and the moon would never change its location in the sky. But... We'll never get there, right? Because in about 5.5 billion years, the sun will become a red giant and will vaporize the oceans, and so that tidal drift will no longer happen. And also, the Earth will probably be consumed. Exactly. (laughs) The other thing I thought was interesting too is that the moon doesn't just control or or have an influence Mm -hmm. on the the oceans, the the tide, the water tides. Yes, the oceans. But also the the planet tides, the Earth tides. It's uh, the crust of yes. the of the Earth is also affected by the gravitational pull of the moon. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the moon's the reason why we have earthquakes. No, that's that's a so, sort of. There, there's more complicated it's plate tectonics right, happening. Yeah, but yeah it, it probably contributes. It, it, it contributes has a to contributing it. factor. And there are actually some models for considering the Earth and the moon a dual planet system rather than a planet with a satellite because mm-hmm. they're so close and because their gravitational effects on each other are so strong. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you done with science? Because mm-hmm. Yes, I'm done with science. I actually have a science thing that Ooh. I know. Ooh. That you just know. That I just know. Completely. Yes. Tell us your science thing. The moon is actually moving 1.5 inches farther away from the Earth every yep. year. Yes. Yeah, so eventually its orbit will, will break. break from us. Yep. Although that, again, may be something that doesn't happen before the sun goes right, right. giant and right. consumes the you know the three closest planets. But <laughs> hey, I fucking knew something. You did. I yep. know. Did. That's impressive. That was very for good. For me. I mean, it may not be impressive for anybody else, but I was fucking impressed with myself. One of the reasons why I'm so excited about the science, and it, mm-hmm. I've always loved the moon. I've thought it was very interesting, but not that long ago, just a couple of weeks, really, I wrote a blog post about the moon, and so I did all kinds of research on NASA mm-hmm. and, you know, various moon sites and learned all this, sim- you know, the science, science stuff, about yeah. the moon, and you're like, oh, my God, that's so interesting. Yeah, the the relationship between the Earth and the moon is, is really, really fascinating, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's had a huge impact sort of on how 
the mythologies have developed. So, I was just going to say the same so thing. So, like, I think one of the most common... Uh, it's one of the most common pareidolic effects, which mm-hmm. is the tendency of humans to see shapes in things. Mm-hmm. Is the man on the moon? Yep. Or the man in the moon? Yep. Uh, or or in the rabbit in the moon yep. in some Asian cultures. So that's a an effect where people see see like a face in the dark spots on the moon, which mm-hmm. are called uh, the Maria, yep. which is Latin for seas, because the ancients thought that the dark um, sections of the moon were actually oceans. Uh, on the moon's surface. We've since discovered that the moon can't actually sustain water. Right. Those are impact craters, if I remember correctly. No, so there are impact craters on the moon. They're mostly smaller than the dark spots of the moon, but Mm -hmm. those are actually very, very large basaltic plains Ah. uh, that, that are thought to be a result of volcanic activity. So they do... They do actually fill low cavities, I guess, but mm-hmm. they're not craters. They're not like impact gotcha. results. They're the result of natural of shifting the, and... of a volcanic activity. What's thought to have been early volcanic activity mm-hmm. during the cooling process, as the mm-hmm. magma and debris from the original impact with the Earth forms the moon. And there are more of them, and no one's quite sure why there are more mares on the near side of the moon than on the far side of the moon. And there are a lot of theories about why that is. Um, some people think it might be related to the gravity the, uh, and between the earth between the earth and the moon that for some reason it's pulled this basaltic encouraged this basaltic formation on the side that's close to the earth mm-hmm. but nobody's completely sure why that happened right right well i think it's safe to say though that the moon has had an impact on all cultures mm-hmm. because it's in the lore it's in spiritual beliefs it's in art calendars language you know yeah actually they think the earliest calendars were lunar calendars yeah yeah exactly I think it's because the moon is depressed with how humanity has turned out. <laughs> it's trying to hide itself from us. It's just filling in with black, right, yeah. filling its yeah. face, pulling I a veil know. over its face. At this so, point, maybe. So what you're telling me is, A, the moon isn't made of cheese. No. No. And B, there's no man in the moon. Well. Technically, no. I mean, mythologically there yes. are. Right. But the... The paradolic effect of seeing the man in the moon is a, is a just sort of a natural result of there being shapes and humans being inclined to perceive shapes as things. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I see I've learned something new today. Really hoping it was blue cheese. Blue cheese, <laughs> I know. That would have been great, right? Yes, you would. Yeah. It's important to note that most cultures, if not all cultures, have some deity that is or a personification, or a personification of, the of the moon, just like as they do the sun. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's very, very widespread. Mm-hmm. So we've mentioned this before, but although it's very common now in Western society to think of the moon as a feminine force, mm-hmm. there are a lot of cultures, including Norse uh, mythology, where the moon is personified as a masculine and deity. That, that was totally new to me because I really have always felt uh, more of a feminine energy from the moon and when I've interacted with the moon. But that could just be more what I was exposed to mm-hmm. when I first started studying mythology about the moon because it was Wicca-based. Right. And so... That, you know, it's entirely possible that's why. But now that I know that there are masculine mm-hmm. representations of the moon, I try to incorporate that into my... Your sort of work and my understanding. Sort of, yeah, my work, my understanding when I'm honoring the moon. Try to remember Monty. <laughs> <laughs> but there's others, too, because I, I have a list. I'm not sure which ones are, are female, which ones are male. But mm-hmm. obviously, 
I know the Greek, who is a, a female personification. Right. And that's Selene. Um, but in China, it's Chango. Right. In Hindi, or uh, the Hindu god, god or goddess is Chandra. Sin in Mesopotamia is a moon deity. Sukayomi is, Jap- is the Japanese mm-hmm. moon god or goddess. Igaluk is Inuit. Ibis and Konsu are the Theban representations of the moon. Inyanga is, Zulu, is the Zulu representation of the moon or moon deity. And there's many, many more. <laughs> Mani is the Norse one. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's the Celtic moon deity? There are three. Ooh, tell us about them. And it depends on where in Celtic lands you were. Ah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because that's yep. Celtic is a language group, not a people. Right. So the Gaulish Celts worshipped Epona ah. as the moon. I see. I think of her as horse. 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 Yes. Goddess. Also horses. And also co-opted by the Romans and eventually had a temple in Rome. Ah, interesting. Um, but yes, uh, is also moon-related. Moon-related, moon related. yep. And Ooh. then Araniud is the Welsh version, okay. and uh, which her name translated means silver wheel. Ooh, Ooh. that makes sense. I see uh, it. And her symbol represents the ever-turning wheel of the year. And then in Irish, it would be Caradwin. Oh, okay. Yeah. With the cauldron. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, now, so was the moon supposed to be her cauldron, or? Yeah, I mean that was yeah. kind of the, the thought, right? It was a big yeah, round thing in the sky, right? Right. That's not really bright. Right. That would right. be a cauldron. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's very true. Now, of course, I'm familiar with the Greek, which the Roman then kind of borrowed from. Right. Um, in the Greek, it's Selene is the is Greek goddess of the moon. She is on her own. She is a representation of the moon, and she's the sister of Helios, who is the sun, and but she rises with a silver chariot Mm -hmm. from the ocean and travels across the sky, being drawn by two white horses, Mm -hmm. and it then uh, goes back into the ocean at dawn, Um, so I thought that was interesting. And vice versa with Helios. Exactly. And she also had a cult of followers, it was a, a small cult of followers, who called her Mene, and that translated either to moon or month. Interesting. It was a not a very large cult of followers, but they, that's how they referenced her. And then, of course, there were Artemis, Hecate, various other. Diana was right. the Roman. Um, there were other deities that were associated with the moon. And so, like, Selene, even though she was considered a sole representation of the moon itself, mm-hmm. she was also a part of a lunar triple goddess with Artemis and Hecate, she was the full moon aspect, mm. whereas Artemis was the waxing new moon and Hecate was the waning and dark moon. Yeah. Interesting. I guess we can talk about the phases of the moon because that's yes. one of the big... Whoa, 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 whoa. What? This is a callback to episode number one. I know. Ah. The phases of yes, the moon. Yes, we should probably talk about this. <laughs> may remember back in our very first episode, when, episode we thought we were gonna, when we thought we were going to do a monthly podcast, and we were just sort of deciding what it would look like. <laughs> or sound like. Sound like. We it was thought so that we would, every month, talk about a different moon, because we had found like a list of mm-hmm. worm moon and wolf moon. Like, for instance, September's harvest moon right. is one, so, of, one of the designations. Exactly. Right. So we thought we would talk about the different moons every month, mm-hmm. and talk about the phases of the moons, and about super moons, and blood moons, and all that kind of stuff. And super blood moons. Super blood moons. 
and then we immediately dropped that premise and never touched it again, and this is the first time we've done a moon episode since then. <laughs> so 109 episodes later. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. What if the greatest tabletop hero you ever played turns out to be yourself? In Vector, Attack of the Metapirates, move beyond imagination as Captain Vector and his Metapirates do battle from game world to world, following players from setting to setting in an attempt to enter the real world. Will you help Captain Vector in his Pinocchio-like quest to enter the real world, or stop him from becoming a living nightmare? Only you can decide. Vector, Attack of the Metapirates, can be purchased on drivethroughrpg.com on a pay-what-you-want basis. I think we should let Captain Vector have the moon. He's not a real boy, Captain Vector. He can colonize the moon. I'm, I think I'm behind fine. that. I'm behind colonizing we the moon. We can't or, because it's too expensive to get water up there. Or we could colonize the moon and let Captain Vector have Earth. Also an option. That but then we option. have to figure out how to get the water. That's it's the, the water. It, that's well, the I think if we put Captain Vector in charge of getting the water to, to us... us Right, because the captain can just steal the water right, yep. and send it straight to the moon. Exactly. You know what? That's True. legit. So I, I think this works. Yeah. It's a viable solution. <laughs> and and the moon is only for the pride. Exactly. There you go. Pride right. moon. Yeah. Pride, pride moon. moon. <laughs> I think that should be a new designation for the moon. Pride moon. Three pack pride moon. Of course, we do have the different phases of the moon yes. that we are going to talk about right now, the lunar phases. But before that, Ron says there actually is water on the moon already. We just have to thaw it out. That is technically true. They found some water in embedded in rock way, way, way down deep, and they have found some ice caps at the mm. north and the south. It's just they're small and wouldn't last very long. And Malcor says, you know, let's hope that the microbes don't take us out. That too. That too. <laughs> Okay, let's go into phases of the moon. Okay, phases of the moon. And no. you work with Sorry, these things. Wait a I do. Moon phases. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just came to me. Nice. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to be singing jingle. that song for the rest of the night. <laughs> there is, for me and for many people, there is the dark phase of the moon. Not everybody includes a dark. They combine it with new. I feel like it's the same as the new. Yeah, that's what <laughs> a lot of people say, but. The dark moon, it happens right before the new moon. It's the day before the, the new moon. So it's the very end of the lunar cycle uh, as it's waning. Um, it's obviously not visible. It is a time for rest, for purification. And if for Hecatean, which is it's a time of devotion to perform the dipnon and to honor Hecate at that time. The new moon is the next day. It lasts a two to three days. It is for, also, you still can't see the moon. Right. <laughs> Which is why I feel like they are identical. <laughs> but it is for beginnings, visions, dream casting, rebirth, new ideas, the start of new projects. It's the beginning of the lunar month, so obviously, or the lunar cycle, so that's why beginnings is what you focus on with the new moon. Then you enter into the waxing phase, which is when you start to see that first sliver, yeah, and then the it continues. Yeah, as you the first crescent and it starts to grow. That is, you draw things to you. That can be abundance. That can be building a business. Anything or, that you want to increase. Yes, anything growth, increase in in mundane things, in spiritual things, in relationships. That is what the waxing moon is for. It's also good for education. 
um, for learning new things. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Start absorbing mm-hmm. info. Yep, and yep. Like that. As yeah. well as healing. Um, and then you get to the full moon, which lasts three days. It's well, wait, before that you have sort of the half moon, don't you? Well, yeah, yeah. Some people do use the half moon. I, I don't, I don't use the half moon. I, it's part of the waxing phase okay. for me. Um, but if you want to talk about the half moon. No, I, I mean, okay. I'm just saying some people do yeah. consider the half moon to be like a separate phase. Yes, that's true. Um, and then you've got the full moon, which lasts three days. You've got the day before the actual 100% full moon. Mm-hmm. Then you have the day of the full moon and the day after. All three of those days are the full considered moon. The are full considered moon, yeah. the full moon. And that is when is it, it is at the height of its energy. You can do psychic and spiritual work at that time. It is uh, an excellent time to complete a spell or a spell that really needs power or a ritual that really needs power is done at this time. Or focus. Or focus. This is also a time where there's good signal clarity for mm-hmm. divination um, or communication with spirits or with deity. This is a time when many people practice the drawing down of the moon, which there are two different thoughts on that. The first, drawing down the moon in Wiccan tradition and, and various traditions is actually aspecting the lunar goddess, one of the, the moon goddess or the goddess, drawing her into you and aspecting her power. Wicca almost exclusively considers the moon to be feminine. Yes. And that, but then there's also other teachings of drawing the moon's energy. That's something I do. Right. You draw down that full energy to. Right. Which is not a possessory. It's not a possessory experience. It, it is not connected to drawing down the moon as, as in the deity, as in the god, god or goddess. It is drawing in that energy to use in your spellcraft and your ritual and right. things like that. Nature. Charging yourself yeah. with the moon. Charging yourself with the full ener- full moon energy. And then after that we have the waning moon, which is when the moon is in starting decline. to decline. It's you move de- towards the crescent. That's right. Then you begin to decrease. So it's about things that are decreasing and moving toward completion or release. This is a good time for banishing, mm-hmm. binding. Anything you want less of. Removing. Closure. If you, you know, are different kinds of healing. Yes. Different kinds of healing. Closure for legal matters mm-hmm. or emotional matters. Yeah. If you need to break up a relationship. Yeah. If you got, especially if you've got like a problem that's been going on for a long time and you want it to wrap up, you can do mm-hmm. it during the waning moon to get that sort of like, please wrap things up energy. Oh, there's, so this isn't technically a phase of the, cause then after the waning moon, it goes back to dark and then. Right. But this isn't technically a phase of the moon, but there's also, uh, an astrological effect called void of course. Yes. Void of course. So. It depends on who you talk to. <laughs> yeah. So what the moon does astrologically is it, pairs up with other planets as it goes through the month. So like it goes into the, what's what's called the house of, mm-hmm. of other planetary bodies. Right. And the relationship astrologically between the moon and those planets has different effects. But sometimes when it's traveling from one planetary house to another, or when it gets to the end of the planetary houses, there's like a gap and sometimes it's a gap of like a few hours and sometimes it's a gap of like a day where the moon is called void of course, which means that it's not adjacent to any planets. It's not in any planet's house and that's considered a time. And so it's not being affected by any planet. So that's considered a time when it's going to be more difficult to get things done. Mm -hmm. And like your energy might be not as focused because the moon is not focused on any particular planetary 
right. association. So a lot of people recommend not doing any kind of magic yeah. at that time when the moon is void, void of course. course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mark? what you're saying is the moon is a void of course, of course? Uh-huh. <laughs> there come the dad jokes. The dad jokes. <laughs> And also, Rana points out the half moon really is the quarter moon. Yeah, yeah, because you only see a little yeah. over half of the moon from yeah. Earth. Yeah, exactly. So, I again, I don't personally worry about the the quarters and things like that. I what I you listed, just do waxing full and waning. Yeah, I do waxing full, waning, and dark yeah. and new. So that's what I work with. Yes. But and there's also some really good books out there about working with moon energy, moon spells. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot think of the author right now, but it's called Moon Spells. Yeah, and she's got several. She's got two or three books in the moon in this moon series. So we talked about the different correspondences for the different phases of the moon, but there are also just some things people generally consider, like the province of moon magic, mm-hmm. which. I think the two main ones are cleansing and charging. Yeah. You always hear people talking about moon cleansing and moon charging. Yep. And again, I don't really do either of those things, mm-hmm. but you do. I do. In fact, the crystals that we're going to use to um, yeah, to ward our, to space. Ward our space, our yard, um, is I, I cleanse them in the sun's energy mm-hmm. and charge them in the moon's energy. And so what I did, first I washed them, so right. I cleansed them with water. And then I put them out in the sun to be to be cleansed by the sun's energy. But then on the first day of the full moon, I put them out and luckily we had a nice clear sky. sky. And so I went out there, I made a small offering of water to the moon. I had cleansing smoke and purifying smoke and I offered smoke as incense and Mm -hmm. or uh, incense as uh, an offering to the moon and charged the, those, crystals with moon energy. with moon energy for their purpose which is to be guardians and wards for the home i think that's really really common i think more people cleanse and charge with the moon than with the sun by far and i think that's down to like a i, I think that probably comes from wicca mm-hmm. because wicca really seems to prefer the moon yeah there it's there's a lot of Moon lore and uh, ritual built yeah. around because the the in Wicca tradition that I'm familiar with, the moon is a representation of the goddess and the sun is a representation of the god. Right. And Wicca doesn't really want that much to do with the god; they want much more <laughs> to do with the goddess as a rule. Yeah, they there does tend to be more of a focus on a the vibe. goddess. Yeah. yeah, that is probably where this i this concept and idea and practice of charging your stones or mm-hmm. your whatever your your ritual instruments yeah. charge them in the the light of the full moon now bonus advantage to using moonlight to charge and cleanse mm-hmm. stones in particular is that there are some stones which are light sensitive and will fade if exposed mm-hmm. to direct or bright sunlight over time mm-hmm. so using moonlight you are much less likely to cause mm-hmm. um, exposure fading to your stones True. And also just, there are certain times of the year, I don't know if that where this, if this is the same in other areas, but I know that here in Michigan, there are certain times of the year, I, I'm sure it has to do with the orbit uh, around the earth at the time, but there are some full moons 
that are incredibly bright throughout the year. Not always, I got, but they come I got down. Science on that. <laughs> yeah, because there there have been like when I used to do ghost hunting, there were a few times we'd go out on a full moon. And it was almost like it was midday. Mm-hmm. It was that, that poem, the, you know, a night before Christmas. Yeah. There, it talks about the moon shining down on the, the yard as if it were midday. That's, a, that's a true thing. That does happen depending on the time of year and whatever the science other, you're going to, other conditions that you're going to tell us about. Um, but I think that is part of the draw of not only charging your, whether it's your stones or your tools or whatever, in that moonlight or or yourself, just bathing in that moonlight, there's just this incredible sense of energy and peace and there's a mystical charge to, to it. So the surface of the moon is actually only about as reflective as worn asphalt. Mm hmm But... Because of the relative darkness of the night sky around the moon, mm-hmm. because it is the only thing that is reflecting light from the sun, as opposed to stars, which are producing light very, very far away mm-hmm. and long ago, it, like, your brain almost tricks you into thinking that the moon is brighter than it is. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And also, I think it is interesting, because we do remember that the moon is reflecting the sun's light. It's yes. not... It doesn't generate its own light. It doesn't generate its own light, but in a mystical sense, it generates its own energy as it's reflecting that light. And so it also is combining the energy of the sun that it's light that it's reflecting. Yeah, I think some people sort of understate the connections between the moon and the sun. They really are. Mm -hmm. The sun is just as connected to that. The moon gets a lot of its power via the sun. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's so why it's a symbiotic relationship. It really is. Yeah, we wouldn't have that light from the moon. It, we wouldn't have that energy the way we experience it without, I think, its connection to the sun. So going back, Diane Alquist is the author's name. Yes. And it's moon spells, moon magic, and the moon and you. Mm-hmm. And there's also a moon spells journal. Mm-hmm. So those four are available. They're all available on Amazon. I no, love spells is the one we have. I have actually both moon magic oh, okay. and moon spells. I also have the third one. I'm not as uh it's it's like a little this is what you can do every day. Uh-huh, like a little devotional a little, kind of thing. But it's not really a devotional, it's an activities book. You have to look at it. Okay. <laughs> but uh it it's a nice little book, but I felt like the moon magic and moon spells was more what I was looking for right. in that series. In the the moon and you there's a lot of like self care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a self thank you. Yep. It's a self care okay. kind of yep. deal. Interesting. So different things you can do well, you know, based on the uh, phase of the moon, the, the, moon. Yeah. the phase of the moon that you're in. Cool. So. And there are a couple of things that I would eliminate out of it, like there's some chakra talk in it mm. and that kind of stuff. There but was like one of the activities. I think it might have been during the full moon. I don't remember. One of them is like making a sandwich. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's that kind of stuff. Or, but there's also some like you know, take a take a bath with you essential oils. Around and sandwich. <laughs> You know, you or could. make a bracelet. Yeah. You know, there's some, but there's also do yoga. And, yeah, you know, it's really it's more about self care. I got you. Based yep. on the lunar phase, like inspired by the inspired moon. by the moon. I Whereas you. I really appreciated and enjoyed ma- the the moon, moon magic, magic and moon spells. Even though she herself uh, does not claim to be a witch, she's more of a new age practitioner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she has discovered the you know the benefit of 
spellcraft and magic. Just so you know, she's also a consultant for Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, the new show. Yeah, yeah. I really so. do like Diane. She's a good writer, and um, she it, she's easy to understand, and she makes it very useful. Every everything she includes in her Moon Spells and Moon Magic books are very practical, useful spells. Red. So we got kind of like a little impromptu review there. Yes, we did. <laughs> Diane Alquist, thank you for finding that. That's it for the review. <laughs> One other thing I want to talk about was the moon in tarot. Yes. Because the moon is actually a tarot card. Yes, it is. One of my favorites. Well, before you move on to that. Okay. I have another commercial. Yay! So let me read that. Join our tiger, Laura Driver, with the music of Aqua Girl. Aqua Girl is an indie pop musician with a very chill, listenable synth tone, married to lyrics that are by turns hopeful and honest. All of Aqua Girl's tracks have their charms, but Ode suggests Anakara, an upbeat track on connection and being upheld by others. You can find Aqua Girl at aqua-girl.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Good music. Good music. So listen. I get to buy new tracks every time yeah. that, we had, that yeah. I put a different one on there, and so I am developing quite a collection yes, of Aqua yes. Girls tracks. Some people love the moon card. Some people, as like Streaking Fate says, they dislike the moon card. I think it depends on your perspective. I like yeah, the so, moon card. So I guess first let's talk about meaning of the moon. Yes, the general the meaning, meaning of the moon, the moon in tarot. So. Well... Ask three practitioners, get four different responses. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. There is that. Um, like, like, there are general... Guidelines? Guidelines, mm-hmm. yeah. Because sort of the advantage of tarot is that there are general established, established <laughs> sort of keywords right. for every card. And like any other card, it's interpretation. It's on your deck. Depends on where you where you, it is placed mm-hmm. in the reading. Exactly. Question that's being asked. It's relationship to the other cards. Yep. Yeah, so... The no card in tarot means one thing, mm-hmm. but the sort of standard keywords for the moon mm-hmm. are intuition and self-deception. Illusion. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I think those are really interesting parallels, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy in both directions to mistake which one you're looking mm-hmm. at, right? Right. Like, if you think of yourself as very intuitive, it's easy to sort of lead yourself in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And so one of the the standard symbologies of the moon card from the Rider Waite Smith deck that you see reflected in a lot of a lot of other decks yep. is that there's the moon at the top of the card mm-hmm. and then there's an ocean and the reflection of the moon in the mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that if you're following the actual moon, you're following your intuition. But if you're following the reflection of the moon, you're following self-deception. And it takes discernment to know which to one know of those which you're one you're looking at. Yeah. And I know that I've often read the moon as being a card of dreams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it is chasing a dream or uh, dreams that you're having or things like that. But again, that falls into that. Is it intuition or is it illusion? Mm-hmm. Are you following your dreams or are you being fooled by them? And the other sort of the flip side of that 
is if you don't listen to your intuition, if uh-huh. you convince yourself that your intuition is faulty or that you're making it up, then you lose important, valuable discoveries. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be about like, you know, not paying close, not paying enough yep. attention to your dreams. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you know, like you meet someone and you get just a bad feeling about them yep. and you try to push it off and be like, no, no, I'm sure they're trying to fine. give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And then later it turns out, actually my intuition was correct and I should have paid attention to it sooner. Or you're in a situation where you, everything is rosy mm-hmm. colored glasses. Yeah, exactly. So, so it can go in both directions. The, it's not necessarily that like one is better than nope. the other. Nope. It's that they're, they're sort of mirror images mm-hmm. of each other. And the struggle with the moon is discerning the difference between them. Yep. And I think that's that's just such a really interesting parallel because the the moon sort of in general is perceived as sort of an emotional force mm-hmm. or an irrational force, mm-hmm. which I think may also partly have to do with its relationship to tides because mm-hmm. we think of water as being very emotional. Right. It has this pull on tides and moves the oceans. Mm-hmm. But And then it's also got the phases where it's very inconstant. So people tend to perceive the moon as being really flexible mm-hmm. in a way that other astrological bodies are not. Mm-hmm. Has that been your experience? I think so. I think so. It is considered, you know, the other light in the sky. It is the, you know, you have the sun and you have the moon, mm-hmm. but just as in the moon in the tarot is a reflection mm-hmm. of itself. Right. You see the, the reflection of the moon, the moon in, the water. in the water. The the moon's light is, is, itself, a is itself a reflection of the sun. So you're really looking at multiple layers of reflection happening. Exactly, there. exactly. But one of them is like behind the card. Mm-hmm. So it really does depend, especially in tarot, it really does depend, again, what the question is, what the energy of the reading is, what the placement of the card is in relation to other cards. And in relationship to your spread. In relationship to your spread. And I think the moon tends to be one of those cards where people aren't sure if they're happy that it's in their exactly. reading or not. It can go so many ways. It can ways. go so many ways. And I think that's what it makes it kind it's, of scary very, for exactly. some people. It's very flexible. Like you get because a tower. Is, exactly. You, you pretty much always know what a tower means yes. in, a, in a spread, right? Like it may, where it falls may mm-hmm. influence what part of your life is about to have a tower episode. Mm-hmm. But you know what a tower fundamentally looks like. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, like the devil or the death card. Right. Those are rather you, straightforward, straightforward. Like where it falls will affect what part of your life it's going to impact. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, you basically, you can predict what it means. But the moon can hit any the, aspect exactly. of the your life. It is so flexible and can mean so many things mm-hmm. regardless of where it falls in the yeah. spread. In an interesting parallel, it's much more down to the intuition of the reader. It is. Than it is. So to read a moon card, you got to access some moon. You do. You have to access that energy of the moon, that intuition and be also be connected with your client, your client or the right. parent um, and your deck and your deck. You have to, so that you can interpret that card and know what are you getting the reality or the real or the illusion? The illusion. So your whole conversation uh-huh. has reminded me of the Blondie song one way or another. <laughs> one way or another. I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you, get you one way. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but like, if you know that whole song, 
it really is that. Yeah. You know, Uh, even the, you know, the very brief uh, (laughs) non-choruses. I wouldn't even call them verses because they're really not. Yeah, and they're saying three pack the musical. Yes, three pack the karaoke. <laughs> you guys finally, after almost three years, got to hear us really sing all together at once. Ben <laughs> says, "I would rather see the tower than the moon any day," and I think that's how a lot of people feel. Yeah, that is how a lot of people feel. Just because it's a it's a more concrete, comprehensible Whereas meaning because of the nature of the moon. Yeah, there it's is just, that uncomfortable so flexibility. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. But I like the moon. I, I like and you know, I like the I, moon card. I'm I do not fear the moon card. In I like my reading the moon card, even when it means self delusion, because yeah. then I can be like, oops. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> there I think, is somewhere I am lying to myself. I had better figure out where. Exactly, and I think that's important to be able to tell the person that you're reading for if it comes up in their in their spread that you need to be able to say, okay, listen. There is something that you may be being deceived on either by yourself or others. My experience with the moon is usually, usually self-deception. self-deception. There are other cards like the seven of swords that mm-hmm. usually means deception by an outside party. But in my experience, self-deception is almost always the moon. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Well, I was going to talk about moon gardens Ooh, and yes. gardening by the phases of the moon, talk which I that. have talked about gardening by the phases of the moon before, but I thought I'd touch on that mm-hmm. again. All right. Yeah. Moon gardens. They are really beautiful and they are flowers and plants, foliage that are enjoyed by the light of the moon. And they are flowers that are white or very lightly or silver colored. And they are night blooming. Yes. Which is so cool. So um, the various flowers that you might consider for a moon garden would include moonflower, mock orange, night blooming jasmine, petunia, sweet autumn clematis, white bleeding heart, hydrangea, and lamb's ear. Um, and several of those, if not, well, maybe not all of those, but a, a number of those are very sweet smelling flowers. Mm. So not only do you have these beautiful white or silver blossoms that shine in the light, especially when the moon is full, but you get that sweet scent nice. in the yard as well. But there are also blue silver uh, blossoms and variegated foliage that you can include in a moon garden that include silver mound, which your granny had. Yes. It like is a silver mound. It is a beautiful plant. Its mm-hmm. technical name is Artemisia schmidtiana, and it is what it's it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, yeah, a, it's a big silvery shrub. It's a shrub, but it is it's a, kind of low lying. It's low lying. It generally it looks like a mound, mm-hmm. and it has a silver tone, yeah. kind of a silver blue tone to its leaves. And it is a, a technically it's an evergreen. Um, yeah, it's sort of the same silvery color that mugwort is, if you're more familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then, well, Artemisia, it is in that same family. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got blue fescue grass, which is an evergreen, evergreen grass with kind of a blue-green tint mm-hmm. on its leaves. You have juniper shrubs, again, another evergreen. And hosta, variegated hosta. Oh. Variegated, what that means is that the, there are patterns, streaks, or edges in white. So yeah, on the leaves. on the on the green leaves, yeah. and so hostas vary any really any of the variegated forms of hosta make an excellent addition to a moon garden. Cool. Now you want to plant your blooms, the especially the ones that are are blooming or have a really beautiful scent at various times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like when you're planting your moon garden, you want to know when they're going when they're going to bloom, and then have them stagger throughout mm, the season so yeah. that they're not all blooming at once and then, and then done, dying, yeah. but they're slowly opening and blooming 
blooming throughout the season. Right. You can also, you want to plant them where they will enjoy maximum exposure to the lunar light. So that means right. you don't want, most of them don't need shade. They right. need to be out where they can get full sun, especially because they're full moon and then full moon. <laughs> and they did say for those, um, for the aesthetics, for those mm-hmm. nights when you have either a dark moon or you're waning or waxing, you can put out those little solar lights around your garden. Oh yeah. To just kind of to highlight the, the white right. gorgeousness, the vibe. the vibe of your moon garden, moon flowers and other flowers like moon flowers. They do need the full a full day of sunshine yeah. in order to be able to bloom at night. Yes. We're thinking we might be able to build a moon garden in our yard yes. next year. Next year. If we, we just keep the squirrels out. That's right. We're Well, we are going to be doing raised beds next year. Yeah. So we have, we have we plans plans. We may do this with our moon garden as well. Mm-hmm. But And then I wanted to also touch briefly again on the planting by the phases of the moon. Mm-hmm. I, again, I did do that. Way back in the day. Way back on a, one of my Gwyn's Garden Gems. The idea, the te- technically the idea is that seeds will absorb more water during the new to full moon phase. When moisture is pulled to the surface by the gravi- gravitational forces of, you know, the tides. of the yeah, tides. The and so there are important times for planting between the new and the full and then between the full and the new. So those are the times you plant. Now, there are certain types of plants that you plant during those times. So for the waxing phase of the moon, you would plant your annuals, your fruit and vegetables that grow crops above ground, like corn, tomatoes, peppers, strawberries, any of those types of above ground things. For the waning phase, you would do flowering bulbs, biennial and perennial flowers, Vegetables that grow crops beneath the ground, like onions, leeks, potatoes, and carrots, things of that nature, that you plant during the waxing phase because the idea is that the gravitational pull will help the the roots and the tubers to grow. Hmm. So, so you're saying we should plant by the light of the, the silvery moon. moon. Not the sun, but the moon. Right. <laughs> and, and so that was great for your mom, uh-huh. but great for you in that same song. That was originally recorded by a guy named Billy Murray, mm-hmm. and you can hear his music in Bioshock. <gasps> oh, oh, see, there you go. <laughs> some, some classic Bioshock. I love that. Which, I by love the way, that. takes place under the ocean. There's the moon tides connection. I love. I it. have made dual connection tonight. I feel yeah. like I've accomplished like. I, I'm done with the podcast. I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> I've uh, managed to accomplish everything I needed to do. And so my life is complete. So do you have anything else? As far as the moon goes, I don't think so. I mean, other than just to encourage people to, first of all, learn the science about the moon because it's fucking fantastic. The very cool. The moon is cool, y'all. So <laughs> learn what you can about the science because there's a lot of science that they mm-hmm. that they have at NASA and various websites. Yeah, and there's all kinds of stuff that, like, we need to, like, Lagrange oh, points. Oh, God, yeah. And, yeah. So, so really so cool, many interesting things. Just astronomy facts about the moon. Exactly. I mean, think about ancient Celts and their monuments yes. that yeah. are lined up because of the, the moon. The moon and the moon, sun and, and, the and all those yep. Yep. astrological things. Yep. Um, the other thing is study the moon magic. There's there's a lot to be said about um 
working with the moon, if the, if you feel drawn or called to work with the moon and the sun, I, I feel like it's important to work because obviously as part of the tradition I'm creating is to work with the earth and the moon and the sun which, because they work in concert together. Which we will be doing a sun episode coming That's right. So, you know, find out what those various legends and and mythological stories mm-hmm. are about the various deities because there's a lot of them. Oh, just love there it. are so many. It's so interesting to hear how the various cultures have brought the moon lore mm-hmm. into their into their language, into their calendars, into their belief systems. Well, it's fascinating and, and just sort of interesting tidbit. But in a lot of mythologies, the moon in particular, but sometimes the moon and the sun were both. Uh, originally people who mm-hmm. were cast into the sky yes. for one reason or another. Exactly. So just do some of that extra research. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be your pantheon. Look yeah. into others. Branch out. Branch out. Find out about other pantheons. And then you'll, you'll find surprising connections. Exactly. Like, as I said before. And you before, may find surprised connections as well. That also. Oh God, from that pantheon goes, so, hey, hey, I noticed hey, you were, hey. I noticed you were researching my thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, me and Diana, <laughs> I now, I'm now going to be working with Diana. So, um, that was an exciting new, mm-hmm. new, new development, development <laughs> in the last week. But so yeah, there's a lot you can learn about other pantheons, not just the ones that you know specifically or mm-hmm. work with specifically, you know, branch out. Yep. But then also, Go to, if you want to do a moon garden or garden by the phases of the moon, which my grandpa did, then go to the Old Farmer's Almanac. That's where you find the information about planting according to moon phase. The old classic traditional farmer's almanac. Yep, and you can do that. They have an old, they have an, and they have an Old Farmer's Almanac online. They have a a dot com. So go check it out. So there's actually two farmer's almanacs. Yes. Yes. There's the old farmer's almanac and the farmer's almanac. And I tend both to go to the which, old. Both of which are fucking old. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, know. So, the, the farmer's almanac isn't, like, new. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But both of them have very good information, though slightly divergent information. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I, uh, maybe it's because that's what my grandparents went through. It probably is. You have an irrational preference. I have an irrational (laughs) preference for the old Farmer's Almanac because that's what my grandparents used. I actually like the new Farmer's Almanac. Um, although, again, not Not new. new. (laughs) But that's the one I I grew up with. Go check out both. You Google Farmer's Almanac and Old Farmer's Almanac. And you can find out the differences and find out which one you prefer or use both. Because there's wisdom in in both places. Yep. Yeah, and making comparisons between them could also be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Like this winter, depending on which one you read. Right, yeah. It'd be either great or awful. (laughs) Exactly. That is very true. You're in Michigan anyway. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. um, So, yeah, other than just encouraging people to branch out a little bit more mm -hmm. and do some magic and have some fun, that's all I got. All right, that's all I got, too. So I think we're ready to wrap up. So that's it for this episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. You can find us on Facebook on Three Pagans and a Cat on the page and on a group. You can also find us on Twitter at three underscore pagans. You can find us on YouTube at Three Pagans and a Cat. Or you could just freaking Google us and find everything. <laughs> and don't forget, we do have a red bubble that has some really cool stuff. We got a red bubble. Gwen has a Patheos Pagan blog. I do. Um, Car has Three Pagans on tap. Yep. I also have um, a personal YouTube yep. that's Gwen Inyon Brigid, or just you know Gwen of right. Three Pagans and a Cat. And and 
so people understand, it's Gwen G W Y. Yeah, if you search G W E N, you will not find Gwen. Yes, Gwen G W Y N. Yes, Gwen. Yep. Like Gwyneth. Yes. It's a shortened version of Gwyneth. Yep. So. New stuff coming, stuff. weird stuff. Mm-hmm. That you could see some like random weird shit pop up at some point. <laughs> you just never know. You never so know. So pay attention we'll to everything. To. Yep. We are whimsical like the moon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Are we real or are we an illusion? <laughs> that is the question. Or are we Memorex? I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs>